You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. Hey folks, thanks for joining us today. We have, as always, an exciting show, but this is a topic that I'm particularly happy to bring to our listeners it's, uh, it's, it's a very tangible example of some of the things that we've talked about before where we and a lot of our partners are trying to be more innovative in broadening the tent and broadening the, the ways in which we do wetlands and waterfowl conservation and the way we attract additional supporters to those conservation efforts. So to help us with this particular example, we're going to be welcoming in Mike Carter, the coordinator of the Playa Lakes Joint Venture, and Matt Huff, Ducks Unlimited's Manager of Conservation Programs in Kansas. So Mike and Matt, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and so for a bit of uh, sort of inside information here on what we, we've got, we have a, a conference line with Mike and Matt, and we've we've done this before with some of our guests, and so we're going to uh, – it provides – it presents a few additional challenges for us on the podcast in terms of recording, but we're going to power through this, and we are going to do the best we can to make sure our conversation is fluid and, and we cover all the points. So uh, I want to – I want to start out just with a, a brief introduction here of the topic we've talked, uh, and we'll get into this in, in more de- much more detail, but we've had previous guests on the show uh, that talk about how historically we've approached wetlands conservation based primarily on the, on the benefits that it, that it gives to waterfowl and other wetland birds, but increasingly we are recognizing and championing the benefits that wetlands conservation provides to broader segments of society and broader ecological functions, whether it be flood control, nutrient, uh, nutrient filtration, sediment, uh, sediment uh, filtration, but then also a, uh, another one of those benefits that is very prominent among a lot of our efforts is water quality and water quantity. And the particular example that we're, we're going to talk about today relates to water, uh, both of those, but uh, but in particular water quantity with respect to recharge of an aquifer and how the, inter- the intersection of that benefit along with some of the other wetland conservation partnerships that are recurring uh, in in the Playa Lakes region, as we'll define it here shortly, is really providing some neat opportunities to expand the scope of our conservation. And so the Playa Lakes Joint Venture Partnership and, and all of those, uh, all the, the partners under that umbrella have really been at the forefront of this effort there. So uh, I want to bring in Mike Carter as coordinator of the Playa Lakes Joint Venture and have him just give a, a brief introduction uh, to to start off with. So Mike, just sort of personally tell us uh, what you do and, and where you are. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm in Colorado. Um, I was born in uh, Kansas, and so it's really fun for me to work on, on this project in Kansas. I'm a, a, a full-on uh, bird guy, meaning land birds, raptors, um, things like that. I, I hunt a little bit, but when I hunt, nothing's really afraid of me. 
Um, and so I, I, I come at this from a real biodiversity standpoint and, and birds and short grass prairie birds. Um, as far as my career, I, I have a master's degree from Oklahoma State. So I, I've basically spent most of my career in, in this landscape um, doing this kind of work. Um, spent a little time in the Peace Corps in West Africa documenting birds there. And then also was a executive director of a, a bird conservation organization now known as Bird Conservancy of, of the Rockies. And in your current position, you're coordinator of the Playa Lakes Joint Venture, right? Yep, and I'm I am the coordinator, and I've been in that position. It's it's coming up on on 20 years, and so the interesting history there is that uh, about 20 years ago, the the mission and descriptions of joint venture started broadening to include lots of those birds that I mentioned a while ago, and. I was kind of at the start of that, and it doesn't mean that we don't work on waterfowl that much anymore. It just means that our approach is a lot broader as far as taking care of birds. I'll encourage our listeners to go back and listen to episodes 53 and 54. We had Dale Humberg join us, and we talked a lot about the North American Waterfowl Management Plan and the joint ventures that came about as as a result of that plan. The Playa Lakes Joint Venture, I believe I'll get this right, Mike, it was one of the very well, uh, it came about in the late 80s. Is that right? Yep. Uh, the, the, yep. So the Playa Lakes Joint Ventures was one of those early ones. Yep. There were uh, six original, and then the seventh was um, Playa Lakes Joint Venture, and it was mostly an effort of Texans wanting um, this area of the world with the playas covered by a joint venture. Very good. Uh, Matt, let's shift to you now and tell us a bit about uh, your story, what you, where you came from and what you do. Sure. Yeah. Um, again, manager of conservation programs for the state of Kansas for Ducks Unlimited. Um, I oversee DU's kind of habitat work over the across the state. I've been with DU since 2011. I'm originally from Oklahoma and work out of the Nebraska uh, Grand Island uh, field office. Um, our program in the state is is uh, it's continuing to grow. Uh, we're gaining a lot of momentum. Um, it's a good combination of both public and private lands projects. Um, we do uh, conservation easements, a lot of habitat restoration with our engineering department, uh, enhancements, technical assistance. So uh, we go from, on the private land side, we go from you know, the individual initial meetings with the landowner and we go all the way through construction and delivery of the project. So a lot of fun for us. That they're into that kind of thing for sure. Mike, uh, let's go back to you and to set the stage here. Give our listeners uh, and give our listeners an idea of the uh, of the Playa Lakes Joint Venture region. Yeah, I think for listeners, um, the best way to start into this is that when you're doing that drive across Kansas on I-70 or I-80, or maybe going across Oklahoma, and how long that drive takes and and what you're seeing. I mean, really, some people characterize this as a boring landscape. Um, I always go back to that quote that anybody can love a mountain. It takes a soul to love a prairie. <laughs> and uh, really, that's what this landscape is about. And so it's the short grass prairie, the mid grass prairie, and the tall grass prairie. And uh, the, the region gets something like 14 to 25 inches of rain. And so it's a very, very dry landscape. 
And then I would I would caution those people that have done that drive that what they see on those drives really isn't indicative of the region at all. I mean, there there's the playas, there's big rivers, the Platte, the the Republican, um, Arkansas, Canadian rivers flowing across all this, and then lots of reservoirs, um, the prairies I mentioned, but really it's it's the high plains. It's it's this material that has um, sloughed off the Rocky Mountains, and that's really the image that we like to invoke is um, what people think about when they think about the High Plains. And that's that's really the, the setup to the whole playas and the aquifer that, that's under all of that. Mike, if you said this, I missed it, but north to south, that Playa Lakes region uh, extends where? It, it's western Nebraska, down through eastern Colorado, western Kansas, western um, Oklahoma, eastern New Mexico, and then almost the entirety of um, the Texas panhandle. And uh, people that know anything about the Oglala Aquifer or look that up online, that outline um, describes also where the pliers are found. But it's the same region I just described. I referenced episodes 50 and 53 and 54 previously as, as a way to orient folks to a conversation about the NAWAMP and the joint ventures that came from it. But, Mike, I want to give you a chance as the joint venture coordinator to just describe in your words. I think that's one of the interesting things as we go through time interviewing various people on the podcast that are associated with joint ventures. Each of those people is going to have a certain unique way in which they describe what a joint venture partnership is. The fundamentals are going to be the same, but I kind of like hearing the stories and the descriptions, so that the unique descriptions that each person will give to that. So, and speaking to the Playa Lakes joint venture, kind of give your elevator speech of, of what that is. Yeah, at a, at a very high level, it's a management board that, that's composed of all six states. Um, five or six NGOs, including Ducks Unlimited, and then federal agencies, Fish and Wildlife, uh, BLM, Forest Service. And then our partnership is unique that it's had ConocoPhillips at the table since almost day one. And so that's kind of the banner um, for the organization. But then, you know, as you go out into the, the regions and start doing work, the partnerships really, really start shifting and changing depending on what people are working on. So I would say there are another 40 organizations that are somehow tangibly looped in to the larger partnership, and then probably another 200 that are out there that are on the list or involved with a project or, or something like that. And what's really exciting about the partnership in relation to this work that we're going to talk about today is that that partnership is broad, broadening. So we're seeing irrigation districts, the Kansas Water Office, the Kansas Department of Health, um, the kinds of feet, folks that Matt works with on, on projects a lot are starting to get involved in the partnership, um, everything from you know signing on to actually putting cold, hard cash into projects. Matt, this is probably a question that I, sh <clears throat> I should know the answer to, uh, but I hope you can answer it for me. Who is the, the, the Ducks Unlimited representative on the Playa Lakes Joint Venture Board? That would be Matt Huff, the oh. guy you're talking to. Okay. All right. So it's you now. I know for, the, for at least some period of time it was Scott Manley. Is that right? 
believe so. Mike would know the history. Todd Mirandino is a, shares a, a board seat with me for the Southern region, and then I represent the, the Great Plains region. But Mike may know the, the longer history there. Yep, it was it was Scott Manley, and uh, I, I think it's good to say that that region that I described that that's a lot of country. And so we actually span two Ducks Unlimited regional offices, and and we like Ducks Unlimited a lot. So they actually have two seats on the board, and and what um, Matt said is those are the two reps, north and south. Okay, so y'all finally kicked Scott Manley off your board. That's uh, you just went up, <laughs> you just went up a bit in my eyes. You finally got Scott back in Mississippi, where he knows a few things. I don't, I don't think, I don't know that Scott. I think he wanted. To, I think you wanted to focus on it, your favorite landscape, which is the Gulf Coast. Oh. So it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know that Scott's listening to our podcast yet, so, I, you know, I, I guess I'll find out. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, Mike, it would be useful uh, to – before we really get into this topic, I think for, for me what would be interesting and probably our listeners as well to talk about uh, playa wetlands as the dominant wetland habitat type, wetland type within that landscape. I'll let you – I'll defer to you into how much you want to get into the debate about how wetlands, playa wetlands originated. Describe what playa wetlands are. So I, I think I'll go back to the, the, the western high plains and, and just ask people to envision – that as you're driving west, you start climbing in elevation until you get in into the Rockies. And on top of that plateau, and again, this plateau is 1,200 miles long and 800 miles wide, there's these wetlands called playas, and they were probably described by the early Spanish explorers, and, and that's why they have their net, that name. Um, they're, they're, like I said, there's 80,000, maybe 100,000. Um, they're extremely hard to map because they can also be extremely small. Um, down to the south, they're about 16 acres in size. And I think the best way for the completely uninitiated to envision them is just envision a saucer embedded, you know, in the landscape, only a 16-acre saucer. Um, these things are... 16 inches to three feet deep, and they are uh, pancake flat on the bottom, and then they have just a slight slope on the top. And they're they're described uh, most accurately by having a clay bottom or clay soils. And that that clay bottom and the clay soils is is what we'll be talking about here um, about the the aquifer recharge. But it's also a really, really nice wetland type, and it's also a nice wetland type for this landscape. And they they go through wet and dry cycles. And so we don't have a lot of the invasive problems to the west in these wetlands because they go through wet and dry cycles. And people might ask, well, how can you have a dry wetland? But that that's really the beauty of these wetlands is that at any given time in this landscape, there's probably 10% of them that are wet. So of 80,000, we will say that there's um, something like 8,000 wet wetlands sprinkled across that, that huge landscape that, that's wet. And uh, all of our rain, the rain that we get of that 16 to 25 inches, most of it comes in, in thunderstorm events. So if you can imagine thunderstorms tracking across this landscape and dropping two or three inches at a time and feeling very localized um, patches of playas, 
that that's that's what we have, and then that's how we support waterfowl, shorebirds, cranes that are moving through this landscape. It's almost an ideal setup um, if you know envisioning getting birds from the north in the fall to the south for the winter and from the winter back up north um, with this hopscotch um, filling station approach to, to, to moving birds around. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. What were the historical approaches that the Playa Lakes Joint Venture uh, used, uh, or, yeah, used to try to conserve and restore Playa wetlands? Our conservation um, approaches... I would I would say, and I'll say this because I, I really want to highlight how these innovative approaches are really helpful, that sometimes we bring a lot of our values to um, the action or conservation, and it's kind of like, um, thou shalt appreciate waterfowl because I appreciate waterfowl. And, and not, not everybody um, is a waterfowl hunter. Um, not everybody appreciates um, the things that the way we do. And so a word that I will use a lot is, is relevance. And so how do we characterize wetland conservation so that it becomes relevant to people who may not, you know, burn with the desire to um, see a mallard or shoot mallard or, or something something like that. And so the, our, our, our approach has been in the recent probably almost decade to listen a lot more and figure out how we can actually pull with their plies everything about recharge to getting a crop off of them to put a better buffer on them um, however we can help that uh, makes our conservation relevant to their their personal situation in some of the materials that you shared with me leading up to this this podcast, there was a quote, uh, and I'm not sure who's responsible for this. Maybe it was you, but it was it, it was incredibly it resonated incredibly well with me because it it uh, it's similar to some of the other things that we've talked about with previous guests like Scott Stevens and Steve Adair, uh, and it's. It reads as follows, sometimes it's an epiphany to wildlife folks that our work is most successful when we're doing what society wants. But the real trick is to align what society wants with what birds need so that both can benefit. And that, in an essence, that speaks to us finding solutions that are mutually beneficial, that are good for the birds, but that also meet the needs of, of people, what people want. And, but then also, in, in the case of aquifer, clean water and abundant water, what they also need. So I have to ask, who's responsible for that quote? I don't know. I, 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 I could certainly be tagged with saying something like that. And I, I think Matt Huff could, you know, the same same deal there. Because it's just overwhelming when you get out and start working with people and and um, start getting involved in in real emotions and passion for what really makes these landscapes um, run. Uh, I think 
the thing that I can add to that quote or a story is that it's interesting that we'll go work in these landscapes and we'll talk about aquifers and aquifer recharge and producers' bottom line. And this is a true story, and it's probably when Matt and I are in a room together that the producers, um, that's you know general term for farmers and ranchers, um, producing a crop, producing cattle out there, but they, they basically came around to, to saying, you're helping us so much. Don't you need some wildlife out of this? Don't you need some wildlife help? And that's, you know, that's um, the other side of the coin where we're trying to be relevant to them. And because they feel like getting so much help from us, it turns around and they actually say stuff like that. And those are unique conversations in, in my experience. I mean, you don't walk into a room full of farmers and ranchers and they say, how can we help you with bird conservation? And that's that's really exciting and really gratifying. But it starts with us walking into the room and saying, how can we help keep you on the landscape and, and keep you profitable? And it's amazing. I had not heard that story. I'd add just to that, that it makes our jobs a lot easier as well on the ground. You know, we've been trying to promote wetlands forever with Ducks Unlimited and when you start finding those win-win scenarios and you're not necessarily trying to fit a you know round peg, peg in a square hole, definitely makes our lives a lot easier. It picks up a lot of new partnership opportunities, new funding sources, and it, it brings our conservation message to, to new audiences, which I think is the, kind of the theme of a lot of your, your guests lately. And I think it's really important to to talk about that and look for those opportunities. Absolutely. And and that's a great segue to one of the things that I wanted to make sure we touched on, uh, and, and I'll kind of let you guys decide who's the best person to talk about this, but uh, the what did your what did your conversations look like previously when you were trying to uh, attract people to these playa restoration or playa protection efforts? You know, if we go back pre uh, prior to the time when we were trying to attract attract supporters and attract partners based on the benefits that that playa wetland re, uh, restoration provides or conservation provides to aquifer recharge what did those conversations look like um and then what was the you know yeah what was the reception i think i know the answer to this but i just kind of want to hear it just go, it goes back on uh, time that as a bird person you come into this and you're and to me, it's a, a waterfowl enterprise, um, the Joint Ventures, um, North American Waterfowl Management Plan. And so you're saying everybody likes ducks. Everybody likes to hunt. We want to do conservation to provide opportunities for people that, that want at that. And then you, you know, I love hunters, and this is a real hunting landscape, and there's still a lot of that going on. But it's not everybody and then you say, okay, well, who else do I pull in? Well, let's, let's talk about sandhill cranes. And you're like, you know, the spirituality of cranes and seeing a crane, and wouldn't you like to have cranes on your property? And then you find out that, that cranes are depredating corn crops, and, you know, they're a big pet pest, basically. And so then you say, okay, well, what about upland habitats? And these, these wetlands aren't wet all the time. Well, there's pheasant hunters. Well, you know, the, lots of people who hunt pheasants, they just make a beeline to the nearest ply because it's a, a kind of a weedy growth when they're dry and, and lots of pheasants in there. So, but that, that, that's still a relatively small segment. And so you're constantly bouncing around 
trying to figure out an audience that really can drive conservation. And a lot of those audiences don't necessarily have a lot of money associated with them. And so that's what led us into this whole, uh, one of the things that led us business is that there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better hook. And so every landowner out there, um, the entire landscape is, is basically private. So every, nearly every ply that is out there is privately owned. So then the question is, what are the issues around the playa relative to a private landowner? And when you do that kind of conversation um, or thinking, it's you're talking to 95% of the playas, you're talking to 95% of the landscape, and you're talking to 95% of the playa owners. And it merely switches from, you know, how can I twist myself into relevance versus how are we relevant by talking to this crowd of folks? It's very different. Mike, you touched on uh, a topic that I wanna, I wanted to to iterate, and and it relates to the fact, or it is the fact that that landscape is overwhelmingly privately owned. I I think I can deduce from your comments that it's about ninety five percent privately owned. Is that right? That's correct. As long as we do this podcast. That is going to be one of the topics that we harp on time and time again. And whether we're talking about bird habitat, as would be the interest for this that particular conversation, or whether we're talking about areas that recharge the aquifer, the vast majority of those instances occur on private land. And so, certainly in the Playa Lakes Joint Venture Region, as well as some of the others in the in the uh, in that. In the U.S. Plain states, where the majority, vast majority, is privately owned, if we're not working on private land, we might as well pack up shop and go home. You know, once once the habitat is developed, too, most of the states have walk-in hunting opportunities, and so that's an opportunity for the hunter to benefit from that habitat on private land. But very often, those programs have a payment that goes to the landowner, and so they might get four to eight to twelve dollars an acre to host um, recreational opportunities on that land. And sometimes there's really big pluses there, like liability um, insurance that are associated with that. So it's, um, you know, in a private landscape, we actually are, you know, providing access in a way that the landowner further benefits by being involved. That's a good point, Mike. And this is probably uh, a good place in this episode to kind of uh, come to a – to bring this episode to a close. We try to limit our episodes to about a half hour, and we've touched on some pretty foundational background information, uh, what playa wetlands are and sort of the evolution of, of how we've gone about trying to conserve those. And I know we have a lot left to cover in terms of these new innovative solutions, how uh, some of the – uh, some of the revelations that you all made and some of the ways that you went about interacting with the private landowners of the region to engage them in this conservation. And so that's really the meat of this conversation. I want to make sure we get into that in great detail. So we're going to wrap up this sort of introductory conversation, and then we will come back on the ne- next episode and get into the, uh, to the meat of, the, of these solutions. Does that sound okay? Sounds great. Sounds great. A special thanks to our guest on today's show, Mike Carter, the coordinator of the Playa Lakes Joint Venture, and Matt Huff, Ducks Unlimited's Director of Conservation Programs in Kansas. We appreciate both of those guys sharing with us their the great insights and expertise on the work that they're doing for Playa Restoration, 
uh, throughout that region. Uh, we also thank our producer, Clay Baird, for the work that he does getting the podcast out to you all, our listeners. Uh, and as always, listeners, most important part of this uh, of this adventure, we thank you for your time, we thank you for your comments, and we thank you for your support, passion, and commitment for wetlands and waterfowl conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.